you're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here, come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who are you? Today, <laughs> you would not believe, uh, is a great episode. I say that with most of my episodes because it's typically true. But it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Danielle Broida, she is a registered herbalist and a holistic nutritionist. She currently is the educator over at Four Sigmatic, which you guys hear me talk about uh, on the podcast all the time. Uh, if you want to ingest uh, adaptogens and some good mushrooms uh, that help with cognitive function, uh, your immune system. There's just uh, tons of great research out there, and Four Sigmatic is uh, literally in front of doing a lot uh, of some great work to get us uh, working in these adaptogens and these cordyceps and um, these mushrooms into our diet. Let's be honest, it's it's hard to do, right? I, I don't want to be taking 15 pills a day to get all the benefits of mushrooms. Four Sigmatic allows us to ingest these mushrooms in a way that is into our normal diet. So They'll have protein powders. Um, you know, they have a immune coffee that I have, which is really good, and then some uh, incredible creamers that they just came out with. But just absolutely incredible company. Um, I love them. They're not even supporters of the podcast. Uh, I just enjoy their products a lot. So uh, we talk a lot about that and the benefits of mushrooms. But you know, more importantly, we talk about things that you could do at home, like today. You know, things like breathing properly, drinking water like good water for you, um, where sometimes we think when we filter the water that it's the best for us, but really you're subtracting a lot of the minerals and vitamins that our body craves and it needs. So we talk a lot about a holistic approach um, to eating and drinking and just being better. Uh, it's always a good conversation. Typically we go into it thinking we're going to talk about one thing, but we go off on multiple tangents that uh, I think you guys are going to love. You're going to get a kick out of. But sometimes when we think about how we're eating our food, we're just using ceramics or plastics for our dishes, right? But we also don't think about how damaging that could be, uh, not just internally to ourselves, to our body, and ingesting those plastics and toxins, but uh, the waste. You know, when you're done with that plastic cup or that plastic bowl or that glassware, what do you do with it? You throw it away and it ends up in a landfill somewhere. Well, rainforest bowls, I love. Um, rainforestbowls.com. Uh, you can use the code the Barardo and check out a plethora of kitchenware that they use, not just utensils, but plates, bowls, cups, all kinds of great stuff. And it's all recycled from coconut shells and wood cutoffs. What Rainforest Bowls has been able to do is they've been able to plant over 10 thousand trees in the rainforest coconut trees will actually get chopped down and usually most companies will burn those wood cutoffs and coconut shells and they'll be wasted well what rainforest bowls does is they repurpose that into a bowl or a plate or utensils and they sell it to you at a huge discount ship directly to your house to where not only can you get some really beautiful kitchenware you're helping the environment but you're also not wasting anything you're not wasting products and it's all sustainable and it's all good for the environment. So uh, it's really in, in tune with today's episode with Danielle. Give her a follow if you haven't already at Danielle Ryan Broida. Check out Four Sigmatic if you don't already order their great products. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Everyone, please help me welcome Danielle Ryan Broida. I'm glad we were able to finally uh, do this. I, I was looking back at our last episode. It's like, I think it was like two years ago. That's insane. Isn't that crazy how things are flying? 
two, it was two years ago already. Two years ago. Yeah. Cause I was in my old, I was in my old, uh, house and, uh, it might've been like 18 months, but yeah, it's, it was close. Okay. To, isn't that crazy? Well, yeah, so well, I was in my old house too in Colorado. Oh, the, the, you were, that's right. Yep. And I moved to Venice. So I'm on the same street as Force Matic headquarters now in LA. That's, that's so Here. great. That's awesome. Yeah. How was the move during the, uh, the pandemic? Did you move during the pandemic? Oh, it was such a shit show. Um, yes and no. I basically was out in LA for a work trip, March like 12th or something. And my mom lives out here. So I was supposed to go on my flight back like the day everything locked down. And I was like, oh, you know, mom, I don't feel safe going on. My flight didn't get canceled. But I was like, I don't really feel great going, you know, back on this, uh, like back on a flight right now with a bunch of people. Can I stay with you for a few days? Mm -hmm. She was like, yeah, of course. That turned into three months. <laughs> so lots of mom time. And then went mm. back to Colorado in like June and was there for a few months. Um, and my house that I had been in for six years out there had black mold, which is like super toxic. Basically yeah. found had to get out the next day. Totally unexpected. So I like, put everything in a storage unit for six weeks, was like traveling staying with friends around the country, like, yeah. where am I going to go? And ended up being out in LA for another Four Sigmatic like, team summit. We all get together in person a few times a year because we're remote. That's cool. And I like walked by this house. That's now my home. And there was like a, it wasn't even online. There was like a flyer out on the street. Oh, that's so cool. Up and yeah, it was definitely meant to be. Wow. That's wild. Is, is that common in Colorado? I would imagine because of the maybe all the agriculture and the, the trees out there. Is that black mold common for those houses? I mean, it's so dry. I was at like almost 6,000 feet elevation, which is oh. way, you would think that there wouldn't be a lot of mold that would form up there. Yeah. But there was that massive flood in Boulder. I don't know if you remember, I think it was like 2015. I was in India at the time living over there and I saw the like downtown Boulder on this on the TV in Varanasi, like it was world. It was a huge thing. Yeah. Um, so a Maybe lot of houses got flooded. Yep. And then never like properly cleaned up. So, yeah. Cause they're, they're not, they're probably not used to that stuff. Like water near houses. They don't. Yeah. Right. Like in Florida. I mean, we build our houses now because we're under the assumption the whole state's going to sink. So they prepare everything oh my God. <laughs> for water. So yeah. But uh, L.A., so was that was the move pretty much prompted just because of, of uh, work, or did you always want to go out there? Never wanted to go out here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Four Sigmatic is out here, and then I do have a lot of family out here. Uh, so I have a seven-month-old cool. nephew, and it was really great timing. My grandmother's 91 and lives down the street, so oh. kind of this, like, precious window of time where That's I can perfect. be with loved ones and work happens to be right here, so... Yeah, no, no, not, not forever. I miss nature. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I got a buddy. Uh, I just had him on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago, but I barely talked to him. I FaceTime him, you know, once every couple of weeks, but he's out in L.A. Uh, yep. he's, a, he's an actor out there. And, you know, he always he used to live in Florida. So, of course, we go back and forth on stories how it's a vastly different state than florida like oh my God. it's 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 perfect that they literally are on the other side of the country because they are total opposites so yeah. it's just funny to to hear some of the stories but i hear it's a big it, contrast you guys have been i mean so many but i yeah. don't know if there was one. okay the, this is what someone responds in la this is what they're the, 
the homeless epidemic is what we, we talked about a lot because when I was out there two and a half, maybe three years ago, and I saw him last, uh, he had a movie premiere and we went out there and we were just hanging out, me and the wife, and um, we stayed in San Francisco. And yep. just in the three years that I was out there, San Francisco has been like, it's unrecognizable. It's just crazy. Yeah. So we were yeah. talking a lot about that and then how, um, you know, in Florida, it's, you're going to have homeless everywhere. I just think that it's a little bit more affordable. You know, it's just the bottom line is you can live near a beach in Florida and it's just as pretty, if not more pretty than California, but yeah. you're not paying state tax. You know, you're not paying these massive uh, bills that you have. And, um, you know, of course, everything goes back to like gas and just those little expenses, but it's just yeah. cheaper to live here and you're getting a gorgeous view. Um, yeah. It's just not fair. It's crazy. You aren't pushed right onto the streets as, as quickly. Yeah. We're here. It is totally, I mean, I don't know how so many people do it. Right. Like it is absolutely insane. The price, yeah. even being in, you know, I was in Boulder in Colorado, like, you know, middle upper class areas, like just definitely a destination. LA is double. Everything is double. Yeah. Like my rent is like four X. <laughs> The gas, the food, the, I mean, it's, it's like a hundred percent more. It's insane. Yeah. And that's, what's even more wild is you think like I'm the type of person where I don't mind. The government could always tell us tomorrow, all right, we're going to double your taxes. Like you got to pay taxes. You know, it's at, yep. let's say it's at 7%. We're going to make it 14. And mm -hmm. as citizens, we're just going to be like, all right, we got to do it. Right. So I'm okay with that. If I can get some type of spreadsheet where my taxes are going, that would be interesting. Yeah. You know, because if you think about it, you know, when you buy a house, uh, your disclosure docs, your deed, like all that stuff, the commission is here. These are the fees. These are the taxes. You know, some of this is going to schooling. Like we get detailed docs like that when you buy a house. But when mm -hmm. we pay taxes, thousands of dollars a year, we no don't get any, We have no idea. Right. So in California, you would think when you see it on paper and same thing with New York, I got a couple friends up there when you're paying so much for taxes. You're like, oh, so they must have like the best roads, the best schools, zero homeless. <laughs> no, yeah, it's the, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, none of it. What is going on? Yeah. Right. And the fact that there's so many people out, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Right. It's like, why are we all here then? <laughs> yeah, you're part of the problem, Danielle. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but hey, I'm glad you're in anyway. California. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Uh, so this is, uh, this is cool because I've, since we last spoke, I went from having, uh, a little bit of shrooms in my diet here and there to, to now I'm, I'm doing the, uh, the probiotic coffee and then yep. you guys just launched the creamer, which I love. Um, awesome. I think I'm on my subscription now. I'm doing the vanilla. Great. I think I, think I had the, maybe I had the cacao one which before. Also, which also is probiotics. That's so right. you're like. You're loading that big I'm on the gut health. Doubling up and not playing around. And then, right. you know, at night I'll use the cacao mix to kind of calm down. So, yeah, it's just uh, the products of, you know, the portfolio obviously has expanded so much, which is uh, yes. which is awesome. Thanks. You're a yeah. full shroom routine now. I love it. I know. Yeah, it's, it's great. And what what do you think uh, just internally, what what is prompt to kind of get into these different categories? Is it just because it's easier to... Uh, lack of a better word, it's just sexier, right? Is it sexier to have creamer versus 
you know, taking a shroom to the face. Like I love the the mushroom mix personally, like the the extract. That's yeah, my favorite. That's yeah, but same. It, but it's an acquired taste. Like I gave it to my buddy. He's like, ugh. But then I gave it to I gave him the creamer, and he's like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, dude. But right. it's better to get, you know, do you want it to taste really good or do you want it to do its job? So yeah. Um, and ideally, we can do both, right? We've always had to choose between one or the other. Let me take something that tastes good and that's really bad for me or that tastes shitty, but my body probably needs it. And so we're really trying to bridge that gap. And a, a couple other things are we've kind of saturated a lot of the early adopters, like these trendsetters who are really excited about the movement and adaptogens and mushrooms and yeah, I'll try anything. And in order to both grow and get to more people that really need these medicines, allies, ingredients, adaptogens that don't necessarily know they exist or that it's too big of a barrier to entry with the straight up, you know, 10 mushroom blend or even that like bitter chaga elixir, they need to be met where they're at. And so elevating, you know, these things that they're probably already doing, like adding creamer to their coffee, drinking coffee, taking protein. It's a really easy, it's not, I feel a little bit sneaky sometimes. I'm like, almost like we're, we're sneaking this into your routine. So you don't have to think about it. So you don't have to feel like you're making some big sacrifice or bigger decision. You're just really taking one step to have a little better for you creamer or a little better for you coffee and then when people start to do that every day and feel the benefits, it's so much easier to keep going, right? You have that momentum. That's so that's like some yeah. of the some of the ideas. The sustainability aspect is really exciting for me too. Like we're really focusing on only bulk options now, which was a big shift of the pandemic. So we oh, haven't launched cool. anything in, in single serving on the go. It's like ground coffee. We just launched a whole bean coffee, all proteins and canisters, creamers and like lots more bulk items like that. Yeah, that that's huge. That's sustain and it, obviously it's on brand naturally, so I'm sure it was going to evolve to that anyway. But it's yeah. uh yeah, that's a big thing that a lot of um I stopped using proteins in particular uh and I've the four somatic uh, peanut butter one is is my favorite. I'll do that with a little cacao and a banana, some mm-hmm. frozen berries. Oh, yeah. Uh it's like oh. a PB&J. Um, totally. But I've stopped but, using some protein. Mushroom. What's that? <laughs> A PB and J full of mushrooms. Full of mushrooms. You can't even tell. Exactly. Um, and I've stopped using some protein uh, that I used to use uh, back in the day. I won't mention them, but I stopped using them because they're massive plastic containers. And, you know, we just got to start thinking to ourselves you go down GNC or vitamin shop and you look at all those containers, just the protein alone. And then you multiply that, how many locations there is and how, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of plastic and we just can't afford it right now. So, yeah, yeah, I love the I love the sustainability aspect of of what you guys are doing. Thanks. That's great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's even more interesting too because I'm realizing now as I'm uh, doing a lot more research, not just on uh, adaptogens and, and mushrooms, but just everything as a whole. I'm trying to condense as much as I possibly can and getting the nutrients I want. Like I used to do again, same thing with a bunch of bottles. I had 16 mm-hmm. different bottles. You know, one's vitamin C and one's zinc and magnesium yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm shoving these 20 something pills down my gullet. And mm-hmm. if people are doing it out there, it's like, yeah, you're getting what you need. But if you could find something like a four sigmatic that you can get the nutrients or the adaptogens or, 
you know, that the benefits of having mushrooms, but you're just implementing into your normal routine, it doesn't yeah. seem like work, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. And there's a couple, you know, I, my philosophy is always, if we can get it through our food, we do that first. And then depending on what we're still deficient in, then we can lean towards a supplement. But I see this all the time, you know, it's been like private practice too. There's people that are like, I'm taking everything. I must be doing it right without realizing also the bioavailability when we get it through food is so different than when we get it through a supplement, you know, or a pill. Also what we're taking it with. So there's either synergy that happens or there's, um, you know, certain compounds will oppose each other. So it's like, if you're taking, if you're, if you're deficient in magnesium, which the easy example because 75% of us are in these states. So if you're deficient in magnesium, but you're taking a magnesium with calcium, but you have plenty of calcium in your diet, which is so common, you're not actually replenishing your magnesium stores, you know? And so it's not just like, let me take all of them, this whole line of vitamins, but okay, what can I get through my diet? What do I need? What am I still deficient in? And then if need be, that's where you know, a few supplementations can come in or yeah, even better add them into a food based form, which is what yeah. we're trying to do. And, you know, even in some cases, like I'm really realizing that with, uh, like, uh, turmeric or turmeric, yeah. how do you say it? I say turmeric, turmeric. Okay. Me too. But then yeah. I, I was talking with someone else and they go, Oh, you mean uh turmeric? And I go, no, stop. Don't do that. <laughs> Okay. Potato, yeah. So, but I'm realizing that now where I used to do a pill form and now there's this, uh, cool paste from vital sunshines that I take. And I have cool. like, uh, it's, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, it's got pepper, coconut oil, um, and a couple other spices as well, honey and ginger. So I'll yeah. do that in my smoothies or I'll do it and make some golden milk. Yes. But I, f I find that is like way better at night versus like having a pill. So totally. and studies show, especially with turmeric in particular, if you heat it, it's going to absorb in the system much better. So there's a lot of supplements that people might be taking out there that you can ingest other ways. And it actually might be more effective versus yeah, having a pill. Absolutely. Yeah. Turmeric such a good example because it's a food and a spice and an adaptogen and, you know, one of the most powerful functional ingredients. And yeah, we have to combine it properly to get the most out of it. It's It can be so simple if yeah. we have these like guardrails. So like the fact that that has black pepper in it, awesome, right? The curcumin, like the curcuma longa, it's so helpful to talk Latin names, is yeah. the, the Latin name for the turmeric root. And the like premier anti-inflammatory compound, um, curcuminoids are activated by Pippera nigra, the black pepper, right? So if we put them together, the effect is it's like 4,000% as strong if we combine them. It's like, so can we use these like small little, um, uh, like little tactics to yeah. get most out of what we're already doing? And um, the, the, uh, the science behind it is fascinating to me, uh, cause I, I, turmeric in particular, I've been diving a lot of research in as well as shrooms, but it's so weird that like who figured out the perfect blend, you know, obviously it's, I, I believe it was derived from India, right? It's a spice from India. Yes. So eventually they're like, Hey, you know, that with black pepper, that's the, the best effect. But imagine how many thousands of years it took to figure out a root combined with something that doesn't even grow near it. 
combine those two and it's like, it's incredible to me. It's incredible. And we have to look back at these ancient stories and utilize them. There's so much depth and wisdom and information in the traditional stories behind these ingredients. Like turmeric, yeah, such a great example. How long did it take people to discover that? And we found the oldest um, evidence of humans using turmeric are in these like clay pots outside of Delhi in India because it's an Ayurvedic root. And and so it's, I believe they're 2000 years old, these clay pots. And they had these remnants of turmeric and black pepper and all of these, you know, traditional herbs and healing spices in them and we can look at that lineage and be like okay it probably what i mean that's our oldest evidence who knows how How long long? people before or what other evidence no longer exists but that we can say okay it took you that long you figured it out you clearly experienced benefits wrote it down shared it just via stories to the your children and children's children on and on and on and that is so powerful that amount of experience is is data um and we have this like interesting kind of obsession in today's world of show me the science like show me how curcuminoids interact with you know the the inflammatory systems in my body and show me that it's better than a NSAID ibuprofen or whatever but we have lost or i find we don't give that much weight or attention to the lineage like yeah great we can prove that this one isolated compound can do x y or z in the body but what about the thousands of years of experience and stories of i took this and this happened to me and so yeah for some reason we're we're so uh we're fascinated more with like we want to put rats in a cage and test on them Yes. And we want to spend millions of dollars on that versus like, let's just go back a few thousand years and focus on the lineage and the history of it. It'll probably be right. cheaper and and more effective, really? but instead we want to do new experiments. You know, I think it's just trying to give these professors and these universities funding to do some unnecessary <laughs> research. They probably know the real stuff. <laughs> I think we need both, right? Both. Like, okay, no, we're, we're discovering cool new things through using the rats in the lab and also what do we already know and can we look at that as equal value to the newer research that's going on yeah lenses combine them both well let's get both views absolutely turmeric is so funny too when you're saying the clay pots and the only thing i could think about is of course you could see that the turmeric is in those clay pots because <laughs> that shit stains any bowl that you have. You better yeah. wash it out immediately because yes. that orange is, is it's prevalent. It's it was used as a dye for a lot of monks robes. Oh, is that and, true? Oh, wow. Yeah. Traditional coloring for all sorts of things. Wicked, wicked color. Very pretty color. So, yeah. Um, and then speaking of which, so we've obviously known, so much in the last hundreds of years of, of all these adaptogens and mushrooms that are that are beneficial. But for people that didn't listen to our, our last podcast, if you can, we might as well get into the podcast now. Um, but what, <laughs> what, so uh, what do you do for Four Sigmatic? What's your background and, um, and all that jazz? Sure. I'm a registered herbalist of the American Herbalist Guild. Um, I'm a holistic nutritionist. I'm the instructor of mycology at the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism. And at Four Sigmatic, I head up our education. So 
wear a lot of hats. Uh, yes, you're busy. Yes, but a lot of passion for the plants and the fungi. And as we've been talking about, their healing potential, specifically in the ancient way. So I'm really focused on how we can revive ancient traditions and keep them alive in modern times to support a lot of the ailments that are really relevant in today's world and that we actually have answers to that are safe and effective, but we may have not known they exist or have forgotten that those things are a viable way to heal us right now. Yeah, yeah, especially with, I mean, there's so many, you know, over-the-counter stuff and, and medications people could take and you know, doctors are saying this and doctors are saying that. I mean, from your experience, um, are, are you finding that fungi in particular, is there any specific um, specific mushrooms that we should implement into our diet? Like I believe there's maybe four or five that are crucial, right? Like you should have on a daily basis. What are those? Yeah. Uh, so there are specific mushrooms that we should all integrate every day. And even zooming out one step further, I think what we all need to implement our adaptogens in some sense. So about five mushrooms are adaptogens, but there's also many other adaptogens. There's about 30 um, and the rest are plants. So turmeric is included in this category. And if we look at this umbrella category of what adaptogens are, they are non-toxic, they're non-habit forming, so they're safe to take every day. They are normalizing to our body. So they're really helping our body find the state of balance and equilibrium. Um, and they're nonspecific, which is really cool. So, and we can get into that a little deeper, yeah. but essentially the way we like can help people think about them are adaptogens help our bodies adapt to modern stressors and mushrooms do that as well as, as well as many other things like supporting our immune system and our gut health and our energy and our brain. And we can go deep into that, but the adaptogens as a whole are really having an, a moment right now. I just saw Doug launched a line of skincare that's highlighting adaptogens, what oh, no. is going on? but they're, they're so relevant right now because we are so stressed and it's inevitable, but as a, as a global human race, we have never been this stressed before and it's taking a serious toll on our health. And I think if we start treating other things before our stress, like whatever secondary symptoms come from this stress, I have headaches, I have insomnia, I have gut issues, um, whatever it might be, so much of the time it's because of this underlying stress. And if we just treat these other symptoms and not the stress, yeah. What we find is the symptoms move and manifest in different ways. And so, yeah, I'm really seeing amazing benefits with people bringing an adaptogen on board. And that could be one of our mushrooms. It could be one of our plant adaptogens um, and, and using that for a couple of weeks consistently and then seeing what still remains in the body. It's almost yeah. like you're in the shower, right? And there's like a foggy window. And you're like, oh, there's so much going on back there. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You bring the adaptation on board, support the body's ability to deal with the stressor. And it's like you're taking a big squeegee and clearing the fog from the window. So you can see, oh, okay, now that the stressor is gone and there's vital energy being moved into these other systems of my body again, what am I still experiencing? And then we can start to look at the body from that place. 
Yeah. And it, it's so crazy, you know, what you said with, with stress. Cause I, I don't think a lot of people know, you know, especially when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, I really understood stress. And when yeah. we think of stress, you think, okay, it's Monday, you're going through work, you got a little bit of a headache, you don't want to be here, you'd rather be playing on TikTok, and you just don't want to be on work. So you're stressed out, you're, you're starting to get a little anxious, you're a little depressed because you don't want to be at work, whatever. That's yeah. not really stress. Stress is actually more hidden than that. And I've, I realized through my chronic disease that uh, a big flare-up of Crohn's is stress. And yes. I would have flare-ups, you know, prior to me eating plant-based, I would have flare-ups and I wasn't stressed. Like, my life was fine. I was not living paycheck to paycheck. I'm married. I got the dog. Like, life is beautiful. Birds are chirping. Sun is shining. I'm fine. And then I get a flare-up. And I go see the doctor and he's like, well, you know, it looks like your body's stressed. I go, no, man, I'm not stressed. But little do we know, we can't see it. It's yes. internal. And once you kind of focus a little bit more internally on your health, not just mental health, but just physical, like, you know, what you're intaking and, you know, the foods are so important. I definitely want to get more into that. But uh, what you put in your body is so crucial because we don't know, especially if it's a processed food or something, uh, you know, that you're buying in the store that's canned or boxed. They don't know all the ingredients, and these are foreign substances. Your body's yeah. spending so much time eliminating that, even alcohol. Your body's spending so much time to eliminate these substances that they, it doesn't know what it is. So it's getting stressed out. Like, you know, you ever imagine yourself, I kind of look at it like you're in a box. Mm. You're stuck in a coffin, and, you know, your body's trying to fight off this foreign box, this substance, and it keeps fighting and fighting, and it's not really focused on anything else except that fight. And right. when you get these diseases, maybe like a pandemic, and your body's too busy fighting off alcohol and all the processed foods, it can't fight off the foreign virus that's coming because it's too busy. Yes. Um, so that's kind of how I started really looking at things. And uh, even if you think you're eating healthy and it looks healthy, but you know something that is processed that you're buying frozen and it's frozen salmon, that might not be the best thing than buying fresh salmon. You don't have to eat plant-based if you don't want, but you have to know what's in that frozen food and that processed food because it does make a toll on your body for sure. Yeah, so true. And I love that way you framed looking at stress. I have a really similar way of looking at it. And it, it we think about stress in a certain way. Like you mentioned, like, oh my God, my work. heart's racing. Like, yeah, palms are sweating, work, I'm stressed. But you're absolutely right. That stress is um, by definition, it's like when we are, exerting a force in another direction that causes the need for us to come back to a state of balance, right? It's like getting something off kilter. And that can be your whole body that you're really conscious of like, whoa, I'm stressed. I can't focus properly. I can't get my work done. But it can also be on a really minute level with the processed food that we're eating or the lack of sleep that we're, we're you know, depriving our body of for, for whatever reason, it could be just pollution that we're inhaling all the time, um, or drinking from a plastic water bottle or like the, the a crazy amount of toxins that surround us in daily life today, our body, we're, we're constantly needing, as you said, to kind of get back, fight this off, fight this off, fight this off to get back into a state of balance again. And it's so distracted by, acute perceived threats to our survival right. that it has to ward off these 
perceived acute things before it can get into some of the deeper work. And we only have so much energy and it's, it's getting lost in these like quick hit stressors all the time, rather than allowing us to be in a state of, you know, rest and digest where our nervous system is calm and we can start to heal and repair and, and just divert our energy appropriately to live a vital life. Yeah, it's it's so crazy, especially you know you talked about sleep too. That that was the one thing for me that really woke me up with the alcohol, because a lot of people think, oh, if you know, because they always hear you shouldn't be eating so late, don't eat so late, don't eat so eight p.m. is that's the cutoff, don't eat so late. But then you have like three glasses of wine before you go to bed, and you don't understand that when you sleep, that's your that's your body's like only time to really rest, and that's why I've done intermittent fasting for so long. I want to get into that too, but intermittent fasting is so incredible because your body is able to heal. You know, like if, if you're 30 years old and you've been eating, forget about the baby food, but you've been eating digestible foods, let's say from the age of two or three all the way till you're 30. So that's 28, 29, 30 years of your body every three, four hours, just eating and digesting and trying to process like, what's this McDonald's burger? What is this foreign substance? What is this one? And it's spending all this time. So it literally never rests. And this mm. is where we come up with a lot of chronic diseases. And that's a big thing they talk about in Crohn's when I was talking to a lot of nutritionists. And uh, it's not just that, it's just any chronic disease where inflammation is caused because the body's just working too hard and yeah. everything's got a shelf life. So when you have that wine at 8 p.m. and it's three glasses. Second you fall asleep, the reason you don't feel good the next day is your body's been fighting off that poison for six hours when you're sleeping. And you weren't actually in, in a state of deep sleep. That's right. Which we see all the time. It's like uh, people are so stressed throughout the day, whether they realize it or not, and they're feeding their body things that are creating more stress rather than healing. So, okay, I'm eating this sugar, I'm eating this quick granola bar, I'm having this cereal, then a fourth cup of coffee in the afternoon and we're on this roller coaster. And so by the time you are done with the tasks of the day, you're like, I'm exhausted. I, I need something to, to unwind. And so we turn towards, you know, an easy solution that we know, which is often what you're saying of, of some sort of alcohol, often a glass of wine, but our body is not able, uh, we literally don't have the nutrients in us to allow us to relax on a cellular level and fall into a state of deep sleep. We also have alcohol running through our system, which is a ton of sugar, right? The body's dealing with so much. And so we're lying there, but we're kind of in a um, half asleep, half awake, wired, but tired kind of sleep. So then you wake up and you feel groggy because you didn't get that deep sleep. And so you then reach for coffee and more caffeine and something quick to give your body the fuel it needs. And like this cycle just starts over again. And I think in order to really heal, we need to break it. Yeah. <laughs> and it have to be that abrupt. Like, yes, maybe eventually people start eating more plant-based and switching to only a whole foods diet and, um, you know, bringing things like healing, healing practices on board. But I, I think one of the simplest, most effective ways to help us break the cycle is supporting the stress response in a way that is accessible. And I think that's really through adaptogens yeah. right now. And, you know, we, we talked about, cause I want to get into the specific, uh, adaptogens, uh, from a mushroom standpoint, but you talked about foods and plants. 
Uh, yes. What do you think, again, if Turmeric's one that's great, but what's a, what's a few other best practices that people can implement to their diet or their daily routine? Yeah. So consistency is really key. So I always want to preface like, you know, I've worked with a lot of um, individuals with Crohn's and a a whole range of autoimmune conditions, and we have to meet ourselves where we're at to experience true healing. And so I could say, start, you know, taking this amount of mushroom on an empty stomach first thing in the morning and drinking X amount of water that is spring water and elevated with all these trace minerals and change these things out of your diet, cut out the cut out the big food allergens and sensitivities like dairy and gluten and soy for a lot of us. Uh, and, and like there's so, but that can be really overwhelming and almost push people in the other direction. Like right. you, Danielle, I'm not going to do it. So rather I encourage people to think about where you're at and what is one easy thing that you can try to do that maybe even feels like adding to your life rather than taking away. Um, so this is, this is really big when we're, we're in for the long haul with a healing protocol is how can I bring more on board before feeling like something's being stripped from me? Maybe that's adding, um, an extra carton of berries into your week. Maybe that's incorporating three more colorful foods. Maybe that's, um, drinking a different type of water that might be not be out of a plastic that's leaching into your water, but Maybe you switch to a filtration system at your house and add trace minerals in it or a squeeze of lemon or a pinch of salt. Maybe that's switching your coffee to a better for you coffee. Maybe you start with just regular coffee to then you go into organic. So we're not, we're not having so many pesticides in our diet. Talk about stress. Oh my Mm. God. I just learned the average American is eating like seven pounds of pesticides a year. Um, So think of all, all those stressors just from not eating organic foods. Even if we are eating kale and blueberries and, and quinoa, and yet it, it's full of full herbicides and pesticides. Yeah. Um, so and, really, like, and, yeah. and sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but no. you made me think, did you read this? Cause I want to get back right back to the food. Did you yeah. read the article that just came out the other day about microplastics found in blood? No. Yes. <gasps> spark notes. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to text it to you, but I want to read this quick little, this quick little, uh, part here. Where is it? Oh my God. Where was it published? Um, it was, I'll cut this part out, but, uh, so it was hindu.com. Cool. The hindu.com. Uh, but yeah, so half of the blood samples, uh, that they tested found, found traces of PET plastics that are widely widely used in uh, in drink bottles. Scientists have discovered microplastics in human blood for the very first time, uh, warning that the particular particles could be making into their or could be making their way into their organs. The tiny pieces of mostly invisible plastics have already been found almost everywhere else on Earth, from the deepest oceans to the highest mountains, as well as in our air, soil, and food chain. Yeah, I'm going to send you this article, but. That, that to me just tells me like, hold on. So that's just microplastics that it might not even be, let's say you don't even drink bottles of water. Right. But if you're just eating fish, salmon, depending on how it's caught, I mean, when these plastics end up in the ocean or in their soil, again, everything's coming from the ocean and the soil that we're consuming. So if we don't take care of those two roots, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah. And even on a household level, um, my friend Christian, he has a great podcast, Heal Thyself podcast. Um, he just did an episode about 
plastics in the home and how these are leaching into our bodies as well. So even things from what are we storing our food in? Not only what are we buying our food in if we're buying them in plastic, but what are we storing our food in if we're not using a glass Tupperware and we're constantly, you know, putting our food back in plastics or what are we cooking with, right? A lot of us are still cooking with um, Teflon and nonstick pans that are, are, we're literally heating that up and directly melting that plastic into our food and eating it. So you're right. It's not just plastic water bottles. It's the plastics everywhere. And it, it can seem overwhelming and unavoidable. And so coming back to the food or like, what are these simple things we can do? We have to really boil it back and say, okay, I'm going to do one thing. And then mm. you do one thing for maybe a week. And maybe it it is as easy. Maybe you don't even get into the diet yet because that can be really contentious, right? People are really connected and um, almost like attached to the way that we eat or what we eat. And for good reason, you know, it can be comforting. It can bring back memories. It can be what you know. There's so much around that and diet, even the word diet itself can be really triggering. So maybe you start with like switching to a cast iron pan or switching to a glass Tupperware to store your food in. Or like I mentioned, instead of buying one thing conventional, you switch to buying it organic, right? There's the dirty dozen, which is really helpful for people. It's like, you don't have to start with all of your food switching to organic, but there's certain foods that accumulate more herbicides and pesticides than others. So maybe mm. we start with a dirty dozen and just buy the foods you eat of those 12 organic and start removing some of the pesticide load that you're, that you're feeding your body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, meeting yourself where you're at, starting small, adding before taking away, and then bringing something on board that's actually assisting our body in feeling better so that we can be motivated to keep going. Yeah. And that's where I think the things like adaptogens, whether it's more common ones, so there's adaptogens like turmeric and uh, cacao and goji berry, and then there's some that might be more um, foreign to some people like reishi and cordyceps. Um, ashwagandha, holy basil, right? There's a, there's a whole spectrum of these super plants and mushrooms that can really support our bodies to help us on this path to healing. Yeah. And th that's huge. I, I love what you said too, because sometimes I get guilty of that as well, because I've, my, my history in health and wellness and, you know, as a trainer and everything that I've gone through sometimes, especially on the podcast where people are like, you know, Hey, Tony, I've, I've, I've done this X, Y, Z, X, Y, I go, what you've done all that, like tomorrow like you've changed that whole they're like yeah i was like oh dude i should have yeah that's my fault now don't take your time it's not a sprint it's a marathon you just gotta pick a few things here and there because what's super interesting about what you're saying is uh if you do have those couple things and you pick apart and you try those out and you do see those benefits not only are you going to help keep going but you'll actually see benefits and exactly. your body will naturally just get used to going that route you know, it's, it's very similar to if you never have salad and you just have pasta every single meal, if you just cut out the carbs and you start eating salad, yeah, it's going to suck at first. You're going to load it with dressing. Try not to. But once you start doing that, your body's going to be like, Ooh, salad, this is good. I get the nutrients from this and your body's naturally going to crave that. But we're so used to craving sugars and artificial sweeteners and carbohydrates because that's what we've been fed for 20, 30, 40 years. We got to, yeah. we got to break the cycle. You know, it's, it's, it takes 21 days to form a habit. Well, it takes more than 21 days to break one. 
is what I say. Yeah. You got to you got to give yourself a solid month to get off the booze, get off the carbs, pick one or two things and, you know, get away from it, wing yourself off, and then you'll see the benefits from those stuff. Yeah. And I think as we wean ourselves off, um, adding in what's going to support our bodies to keep going. So it's mm. like, okay, we're weaning off and then we're replenishing at the same time because it can be really challenging to, let's say, break the blood sugar roller coaster, like we're eating carbs and sugar our whole life. And, uh, you know, I see this a lot. Well, how do we, if someone's really craving something, it can be almost impossible to just like, we don't have that much. Some people do, but it's hard to have that much will to just say, okay, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it day after day. If your body is really craving something, right? So and, and I also speak about the wisdom of our body and listening to our body and our body's messages. And this can be really confusing for some people because a lot of times our bodies are giving us the wrong messages when we're caught in these patterns of imbalance, right? So it's like, okay, they're like, my body's craving sugar. I need sugar. I'm like, no, that's because you had sugar for breakfast and then you crash and you had sugar again. And that's what your body needs for quick fuel. So it's like, okay, how do we break that cycle? Well, can we support people along that path by saying, okay, if you want to, if you want to cut out the sugar, an easier way for your body to not crave it and be in this state of desperation or hunger or pain is eat a diet that is a lot higher in fats, right? That's going to help curb the sugar craving. So healthy fats, like eating mm. extra avocado, your meal before, or putting some, you know, healthy olive oil on that salad and maybe your body is deficient. I see this all the time. Like we have starved ourselves of whole foods that are critical. Everything we feed our body is feeding the cells to allow us to function. And so many minerals specifically, but vitamins, omegas, minerals, we don't have. And so our body is reaching for these other things to try to fill us up and we're not getting it. So it's like, oh, that wasn't it. Let me keep going, going, going on a hamster wheel. Um, when it comes to sugars, I'm thinking of chromium, right? Like chromium is a trace mineral that literally if we are, are devoid and or deficient in chromium, we will keep craving sugar. And so if you can supplement with chromium, like adding trace minerals in your water, mm. a lot of times that sugar craving will go away and, and you won't need it as much. And how, aside from filtering your water, how can you add those trace minerals? Is there supplements that you can add in? Do you have a filtration system? Uh, linked up? How do you typically recommend that? This is such a good question because when we filter our water, which is often the most affordable way to have clean water long-term, what can happen is it leave the end product is called uh, empty water. So where it's, no it's void of maybe, yeah, the, the, um, I mean, range of chemicals that we add into our water to kill necessary microbes and bacteria that could form in our water. But then we filter that out. Now we have this, this empty water. And what happens is even if we drink a lot of empty water, if we don't have the minerals for our body to pull that water into our cells and thus into our organs, mm. uh, we're actually not hydrating. So people are like, I'm thirsty all the time, but I'm drinking all this water. This is where we need a uh, trace mineral. So really simple, like at home way that anyone can do this is squeezing some organic lemon and a pinch of like high quality Himalayan salt, um, mm. into the water, really get the sodium, magnesium. Yeah. Yeah. Some electrolytes, or, uh, there are some great trace minerals. The, the OG brand that's like really clean is, 
it's called trace minerals and it's a blue liquid bottle and you could just put a few drops into your water. One more um, trick is I have the Berkey system at home, which is really a great um, I've heard of that. Yeah. Device. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Really, really clean. Um, and in the bottom I add, they're called Myfin stones. This is going to sound like so heady, but they're <laughs> stones that have been used in traditional cultures for a long time because they leach important trace minerals um, out of them and into the water. So um, I just have, you know, a couple rocks, these myfin rocks yeah. in the bottom. And so once the water filters through, it's being uh, kind of reinvigorated with these trace minerals from the stones. Um, and that, that's why spring, that's why spring water is packed with minerals, right? Because it's, it's sifting through literally the spring and yes. it's, it's picking up all these minerals. And it's so interesting when you, yeah, when you start thinking about this stuff and like, it's not rocket science, uh, rock pun intended, but it's not, <laughs> it's so, it's so weird how everything we do and all the research, it always goes back to being connected somehow to the yeah. earth. And it's not crazy to think that if you go to a store like a fast food joint and you pick up what they call a burger, you, that's probably not connected to the earth in any way. Thus, even though it tastes good, it's just not good for you. And we're, we're trying to reinvent these ways of, you know, like creating artificial meats and all that. And again, there's not a lot of studies to back up. Maybe we'll know more in 10 years, the effects long-term, but if it's not from the earth and this water's not from the earth and the food, most likely it's probably not good for you because the minerals that we, we crave as humans to continue to have great, long, healthy lives these minerals are derived from the earth, the water, and the soil. So if you're not connected to that in any way and you're not intaking that or drinking that or eating that, most likely you're not going to have a long, healthy life. And yeah. I think the more we can get connected with that, and it sounds so hippie for me to say as I'm wearing my stupid beanie right now, my vegan shirt, I probably should have rethink the sentence. But it is it is interesting when, when you do switch to more plant-based, it's not necessarily that you feel better because, of course, you do, but when you start having a more perspective on what the plants and what the earth does to you as a human. And, uh, you know, depending on where, what you believe, <laughs> depending on the evolution of things and how you, how you look at it from that end is we all are 70% water. Yeah. So when you start deriving yourself of that little thing where people are like, Daniel, Tony, what you talk about, it's just water. No big deal. I got the yeah. pure filter system. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. But when you're deriving your body, of what it's physically made of, 70% of what it's made of, and it's not the proper water that your body's meant to, you're going to have some long-term effects that aren't good. Yeah. And as you're thinking, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about um, what happens like in a, let's go back to this nature example, like we're, we're connecting everything to the earth. If a riverbed gets dried out, you know, it's like there's water being washed over it, but it's not actually sinking in to the, the, base of the bed into the rocks into the water what's going to happen it's going to get really hot right it's mm. going to be inflamed it's going to dry out and we look at the state of our body and what we're realizing is the foundation to so many chronic illness or autoimmune condition or whatever long-term symptoms people are experiencing is a state of chronic inflammation and wow. so when we talk about hydration it is so much deeper than like 
just stop drinking out of a plastic bottle and make sure you have minerals in your water. It's like on, on a cellular level, if we are not hydrating, we're drying up. It's, it's, that's hot. That's inflammation. And so many of us, that's why we take turmeric or these things that are anti-inflammatory. What if instead of having to buy this fancy supplement right away, we just, again, like getting back to the basics, we start looking at how we're supporting our body with hydration, right? Like really so simple. Yeah. I, I love that uh, example of, you know, the creek when it gets dried up and yeah, that's so true because you don't want, you know, you go into the Sahara, you don't want your body to be what that is, that crackly dried up cracked foundation doesn't look you're, you're not so yeah you're, like, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to build a house on that foundation like you want right. a nice smooth peaceful create so that's ground. yeah that's yes. true and that's that's the growth of everything and uh yeah it, it is it is kind of unbelievable um especially as as we're talking about this now you're in california which is one of the driest states in the country. Yeah. But I do love what they did, speaking of creeks and water. Um, so those reservoirs, have you seen what they're doing with those solar panels? No. They're, so I'll send you this too. So they, uh, I think the, the project is starting where they're going to, because all those uh, um, reservoirs in California, they're all dried up essentially, right? So they're going to put solar panels over it because it's just empty yeah. space. And they're going to use that to to store energy and power, and I think things yeah. like that things like that look sexy and it's really interesting. But then we're also like, well, let's talk about the problem. Why is why is things dried up? Right. You know, something's going on. I think sometimes we try to do that with our bodies, where we think, oh, well, we could do this, and this is a great solution to supplement our problem, as opposed right. to going to the, like the root of the problem, which is just have cleaner water. Right. Yeah. That's that's the one root of the problem, as opposed to let me just take a bunch of electrolytes and Gatorade. That'll give me the electrolytes yeah. I need to fuel my body. No, bro. Right. Just figure out a, a, a way to get the root of the problem. That's the key. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, yeah, because then the problem doesn't go away. Yeah. It just moves to a different area. Now we're pulling our water from, uh, you know, Nevada and who knows where we're going to have to pull it from next. And uh, that's such a waste of energy. And when we talk about like, how can we be efficient and productive in these values that I think most of us have, especially in, in the States? We're like, yeah, we know we work hard and we want to value our time and our resources. So we want to be efficient. And can we use that same model as we do for our work and these out external things in our life into how can we be efficient with our bodies too yeah. right? and not create not put more and more band-aids on that's that's not efficient we're literally wasting the band-aids it's like think of it literally if you have a cut and you just put a band-aid on every three hours versus oh let me allow this to air dry and fuel my body with anti-inflammatory and compounds and allow this to heal then you don't need any of those band-aids right so efficient it, it is more efficient but it, we have to know that we're in it for not even like the long haul but longer than a quick band-aid fix that we're so used to that's so key. Yeah. Cause we, we always want that quick fix, right? Yeah. We got to get out of the mindset for sure. And yeah. sorry, I just realized we're, we're close to an hour. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, want, really good. I, want to be, I know it's like a time warp in here. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's funny when you say uh, the cut analogy too, cause it just reminds me, I don't know if you know, or if, if you, uh, if you've been following me on social, but I, uh, back in December, I got uh, pneumonia. Okay. I went in for no, I had a really bad cough 
And of yeah. course you have a cough and the wife looks at me, she's like, Rona. It's like, all yeah. right, let's go see. So that's the first thing we thought, right? So they go in there, uh, they do an x-ray, they do the test, no Corona, still haven't had it, knock on wood in two something years. Um, but then they're like, well, you definitely have pneumonia. So here's some antibiotics and, uh, that didn't work. And turns out it got worse after a couple of weeks. And then about mid January, I went back in for an x-ray and it looks like the pneumonia got bigger and it was actually oh. a tumor in my lung. What? Yeah. So good news though is, uh, it was benign, but they ended up having to remove a chunk of my lung, about a third of my right lung. And, wow. um, I just got out of the hospital like seven weeks ago. Um, oh my God. so my, it's pretty wild cause it's still numb on my whole right side. Like my nerves are still not activated yet. It feels yeah. like that whole side of me is like asleep. You know that feeling yeah. where like your legs fall asleep. Totally. So, but the reason I bring that up is my, my wounds are, are healed. I got like six massive scars on, on my, uh, on my side, like where my lat is, but the wounds are completely healed and I kept bandages off and it was kind of gnarly to see them. But the yeah. doctors, the first thing they said is like, other than that, like you'll, you'll probably recover a lot faster than most of our patients. Your, your blood works good. Um, it seems like you're eating healthy as well. And of course they prescribed me a bunch of Percocets and oxys. I never took that. Um, I just did what I had to do to increase my sleep regimen. And of course there was a little bit of pain, but the pain is better than putting in these, these toxins that will actually prolong the pain and cause other issues as well. So I bring that up because if I went down that route, you know, I went down the toxic route and, and did that, I would have a lot more issues from that. And I think that that's what we kind of do with a lot of stuff is we try to supplement to make things better right away as opposed mm -hmm. to powering through the pain a little bit. It's a little bit of a challenge, but then it's it's going to be more of a holistic and a better a better environment for you long term. Yeah. And I'm just thankful that I was and is, you know, I am as healthy as, as what I am because I, I feel like if I was down a different path or maybe didn't treat my body good prior to, I would have been in a different situation. So, yeah, thank God you're okay and that they found it. And yeah. this is like the exact analogy going back to what we were talking about in the beginning of how we need both or maybe many approaches to supporting our body. Like, thank God you were able to have this surgery and they were able to remove this tumor to allow you to heal. And also, you know, thank goodness that you take care of your body in a way that you are able to heal and recover. And yeah. so it takes like both ends of the spectrum. And I think we're realizing that more and more, like it's not just one approach like yes you you got that surgery but then you're not going to go eat cheetos and gatorade if right. you expect if you expect that to heal but also you couldn't just continue you know with your diet and supplements and and the the beautiful healthy lifestyle that you lead and have that tumor go away so yeah. how can we take the best of these both sides of the equation and the science the tradition the holistic and the the modern and bridge that in a way that we can take the best of both. You know, yeah. it's like really not criticizing one or the other, but like, let's elevate these both and not even put them on two ends of a spectrum, but being like, okay, at what point does this make sense? And does this make sense? And can sure. they coexist? And I think they need to, for us yeah. to, to move through things. It's like, if someone, what the average Americans on like five to seven medications, okay, no problem. We'd yeah. still, Let's see if we can improve the water that you're drinking, right? right? And let's see if we can switch to that 
away from the dirty dozen, you know, and like right. these small things to coexist and then help get you on that path. Yeah. Baby steps, baby steps. And, you know, it's, and, and there was a, a, a part of me, especially when this, when I was first, when they first told me about that, they showed me the x-ray and I was like, I was like, dude, how, what really is a CT scan? But I'm like, how is this, how is this possible? Like how yeah. cancerous or not, how the hell can I have this? Like I already got Crohn's enough's enough. I said to yeah. the doc, I go, come on, seriously. Like what's, he's like, it just, it happens. Yeah. And ha that was, a, and it happens. So there was a part of me, like there was a little bit of depression, I'll admit, especially when I was in the hospital, because I was in the hospital for almost two weeks. And I'm like, yeah. then why do I eat healthy? You know, and I think a lot of people, I've been talking about this a lot since I've been out. And a lot of people tell me, they go, well, why would you eat healthy? Because Tony, you eat healthy and you got a tumor, you got Crohn's. And I go, well, dude, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, it, I'm, I might be dealing with this issue with not of me eating healthy the last three, four years. It could be just what I've been doing for 30 years. I wasn't mm -hmm. always like this, you know, and yeah. that's what people don't understand is just because you eat Cheetos and, and soda every single day, you're not going to get sick tomorrow. You might not even get sick next year, but in 10, 15 years from now, you might have a problem because of what the lifestyle you're living now. And yeah. I did, I did not have the best lifestyle in my twenties and maybe that's caused, maybe it's just now popping up, you know, it's possible, but mm -hmm eating healthy and being healthy, you're still going to have issues, but you'll be able to recover from those issues faster based off the yeah, lifestyle that you leave. You feel better and you're setting yourself up for success when you're 80 and you're 90 so that you can, you can recover. So yeah, we all, you know, are dealt the cards that were dealt and shit will always happen. Like yeah. there's, there's always that chance, whether it's external or internal, like we are living in a world where a lot of things are out of our control especially when it comes to the way that we feel and what we're exposed to. So what can we control and can we, you know, start to support our body in a way that we know feels good, both short-term and long-term in, right. yeah, in these small ways. And so, yeah, not, not like beating up on yourself, but being like, okay, yeah, this happens. And now I'm even maybe more motivated to, prepare your body for long-term success so that when something happens, it's really, it's like flipping the whole model on its head. It's how mm. can we, how can we pre-charge so we don't have to recharge, right? How can we yeah. prepare our body so that when th things are always going to happen, it's inevitable. But mm -hmm. ideally, if we've been taking care of ourselves, we have the tools to more, more quickly deal with the stressor or the tumor or the disease or whatever is thrown our way and then bring ourselves back into a state of equilibrium and, and keep going. Right. And, right. and keep moving. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, way, way back in the day in the caveman days, you know, they, there was one saber tooth tiger, tiger, excuse me. There's one saber tooth tiger that the village was like scared of. So when you're born, your dad trained you to kill the saber tooth tiger. He totally. trained you on spears and bows and bow and arrows and, you know, he's making you do push-ups and burpees. I don't know what they were doing back then, but he's training you to kill the You might have been 30 years old and you've never seen a saber-toothed tiger, but your dad yeah. trained you because one time when he was a kid, the saber-toothed tiger killed 15 people. So they're preparing. And that's kind of how we have to think of it is you're preparing yourself for like things that might not even happen. There might be an alien invasion we need to prepare for. Okay. You need to be able to at least help me lift the couch, right? Like. Yeah. We need to take care of ourselves, and it's getting harder and harder now. I'm I'm finding out, and in particular, like you said, there's a lot of stuff that's out of our control. But 
you know, you look at some of these tests that even a salmon or chicken or cows, like the meat and the food we're consuming, even some of the veggies we're consuming, you know, I'm not, I'm not just hating on the uh, carnivores, but some of the stuff that we're consuming, we talked about earlier, where we don't have the vitamins and minerals that we did a hundred years ago in these things. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it is based off the agriculture and, and what's going on. So we can go down a whole rabbit hole there. That's a whole nother five hour podcast, but uh, it is kind of interesting to where we have to fight a little bit harder now to get these nutrients and these supplements in our yeah, system. That's it. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I talked to my 91-year-old grandma, and she's oh. like, well, I'm going to buy the same the same strawberries or the same milk. It's the same thing that I've been buying since I was a little girl. And what, yeah, she doesn't realize, understandably, is, yeah, the 40, it's like 40 most common fruits and vegetables are way less uh, nutrient-rich than they were even a couple decades ago. So the same, it's not the same, this, the strawberry that she was eating when, you know, she was 10 years old is now really, if we want that same quality of nutrition, we have to grow it ourselves in organic soil and pick it when it's ripe and, you know, (laughs) eat it reasonably locally, organically, um, to even compare. And that's really hard to wrap our minds around. So yeah. And it's, I, I've, I've especially the last like year or two, I've been really fascinated with soil Yeah, and it is terrifying. Yeah. It is. Do you, are you, are you familiar with it? Can you educate the listeners a little bit about it or? Oh yeah. Big time. My like background is in soil health and large scale oh. industrial composting. And, uh, that's how I started really getting passionate about mycology and mycelium in the soil. But really when we talk about going to the root, like we talk about going to the root of our body to heal, uh, we have to look at the state of our, the state of our soil, because whether, whether you eat only plants or you eat plants and meat, or you eat everything under the sun, uh, when we trace it back to where are the nutrients coming from, um, you know, we, we so often praise a plant for having a high amount of minerals or vitamins or whatever it might be, but where that comes from is the health of the soil. Um, and then even beyond that, where the the health of the soil is really coming into play is um, mycorrhizal, which are the symbiotic fungi that um, 90% of plants depend on for nutrients. Um, and when we look at what we've done to our soil through, I mean, even organic agriculture is not just the answer. We have these like large scale monocultures, um, which means we're growing one crop in a very large field instead of diversifying. Um, and each plant requires certain nutrients from the soil. So that plant is pulling up that nutrient from the soil. And if we don't rotate or if we don't have other crops coming in to replenish the soil, we're literally just stripping the soil of its nutrients over and over again. Um, and then more often than not, we're also adding all sorts of agrochemicals. Um, and so we, you know, are, are the basis of life on earth, which is this, this soil, this diversity of, I mean, incredible microbes. I mean, in one scoop of soil, there's more like microbes and bacteria, um, and fungi than there are vertebrate animals in North America. Like this is incredible diversity in a scoop of soil. And and we're, we're killing that by literally when we add pesticides, we're killing pests. We're not just killing them on the, the plant that is growing from that soil. We're killing all of the organisms that are in that soil, helping to create the healthy plant that we then want to eat and, and be nourished by. So it's really, um, 
yeah, I mean the the and by the, the way, everything you're saying right now, it's getting yeah. sped up and the only reason it's damaging our soul is because our fat asses have to eat every 2 hours. Mm. Like that's the only right. It's a it's such a selfish reason because the the earth can live off 7 billion people very easily. But when you talk about you're having a hamburger in every single meal or you're having chips and you're having, you know, potatoes, yeast, corn, like corn, I think corn and wheat are the um the the two that we grow the most, right? In the country. Or the fastest. Soy is far up there too, but yeah, and corn soy, yeah. and soy. So those things right there is literally in everything we eat. And if yeah. we just cut back, you know, it's all it's all demand, supply and demand. If we just cut back our food just a little bit and we don't give these companies such a rush, they're trying to make us happy. I mean, I don't hate them for it because these companies are trying to pump out food as quick as they can because they got to feed us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like tomorrow if everyone said to themselves they're not going to buy a house. That's it. I'm not going to buy a house. Everyone, 7 billion people. No one's going to buy a house. Let's just make a strike. And we do yeah. that for six months. Guess what? The real estate market will drop and houses will be cheaper. Mm -hmm. But everyone's buying these houses. They're so expensive. Yeah. So why would the market drop? Right. You know, if, if, if a real estate agent is like, hey, I can make $500,000 off Danielle, I'm going to do it. Right? Right. So it's the same thing with food is we got to calm down on our food intake because, you know, these companies are trying to rush to make this agriculture so damaging. It's It's mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think, yeah, one of the, one of the most simple things we can do is, I mean, this depends and I feel really lucky that I have the ability to, to have a garden bed outside of my house, but we can start, we can start to compost or we can start to be aware of uh, what building soil looks like. It's really accessible and it might seem really like small and silly, almost like how we talked about water for most of this. Right. Yeah. Unexpectedly. But rebuilding soil, it can be so simple. Like we are constantly accumulating waste. And there's this really silly permaculture song that's there's no such thing as waste, only stuff in the wrong place, uh, which is really true when it comes to everything that we are putting in a landfill. Can we start to collect that and maybe create a little barrel outside or a little pile outside and start building some soil? And it's such a powerful process. And then maybe when you have a little soil, you plant something really simple, like a mint in there, you know, and you start experiencing, oh, you can have the benefits of, of mint tea or, I mean, it, like bringing it back yeah. to this holistic approach can be so profound and actually really radical, like a really, really radical movement to yeah. even collecting your own food waste. Yeah. It's, and it just, again, makes you appreciate the whole process, you know, cause sometimes we're talking about this and people probably rolling their eyes are like, well, I don't have control over a lot of stuff. That's too much to handle you know, soil, what am I supposed to do? Like, I'm just going to keep eating my corn and my wheat. Yeah, that's a, that's all true. But when you do it at home, like you said, and you compost at home and you see the growth and you get that first strawberry, you get that first mint, you're like, wait a minute, that took forever, but I waited to eat mint. I waited to eat strawberry. I waited to, and then you have that appreciation for that food and the way you ingest that food is different than when you go to like Buffalo Wild Wings and you take a strawberry salad and you shove it down your gullet really quick, you don't appreciate that salad and that food as much. But when you grow it at home, you're like, whoa, it's a process. Yeah. It's a different experience yeah. for sure. 
we see that with kids that are growing gardens in their schools. And for the first time, like, I really want to eat that carrot. I grew this carrot. And they're so excited. But at home, like, I would never touch that. Right. And it also reminds me, my best friend is a, a mindfulness teacher. And she does this exercise with raisins. So she goes, you sit down in a circle. And she's like, okay, well, before we start, everyone eat. She gives everyone two raisins. Eat one raisin. So you eat that raisin. You're like, cool, whatever. And then for, like, the next 20 minutes, she's like, okay, let's look at the second raisin. And tells the story about how the raisin grew, um, you know, on the vine. And then like it was dried and the hands that went into it and then the drying and the shipping and the this. And then you like yeah. really look at it and you find every little wrinkle in it and then you smell it. And then you put it in your mouth without chewing it. And you just like take a moment and you like savor it. And it's freaking crazy <laughs> how much you appreciate one little raisin. For, and the contrast too for eating it first. So often we're just like, pop, 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 pop. We don't think about what we're, what we're consuming. And if we, yeah, maybe either it's water or maybe it's even just like taking 10 seconds before, um, before consuming something to look at it, to think about it. There's this really great story. I'm, I'm rambling, but from, well, it was a, it was a, um, client that came into our clinic in Colorado, the Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism. And he said, I, I eat McDonald's every day on my way to work and I'm not changing it. It's part of my routine. It's what I do. This is my meal. And the clinician he was working with um, said, instead of, I'm not going to change anything about it, but instead of eating the McDonald's while you're, while you're driving, can you pull over? Can you pull over for two minutes and just kind of look at it and be with it, take that time out and, and start eating it with a, a little bit more mindfulness. And it really only took, I think it was two weeks later, he came back and she said, okay, how's it going with, with the pulling over and, and looking at He's like, oh, I don't eat that crap anymore. She was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I never, I never looked, I never thought about it. I never looked at what I was even eating. Wow. And so it can be as simple as, as taking that time out, looking at it, appreciating it even like five seconds of like what that's went into this, you know, that's so and interesting. That's a, that's a great idea. And to add to that too, be thankful for it, look at it, kind of go into it a little bit for a few seconds, but then also I'm noticing more that I'm, I'm chewing more mm. instead of yes. swallowing right away. That's super interesting when you do that because you have like a big, you know, hearty salad or some quinoa or whatever you're into, even if it's something not so healthy, maybe it's just a salmon bowl or something and you got some yeah. veggies, but chewing that instead of just tasting the salmon and swallowing it, but you have all these other flavors in there, chewing it and taking your time with it. And you, it's just a different taste. It's, it's pretty radical when you think about it. And then when you swallow it, you realize, well, that was like 60 seconds. So now mm -hmm. you're actually eating slower which is helping your digestive tract as well. But yes. you're also appreciating the food. You're getting more of the nutrients because I think it's something, don't quote me, but I think in the cheek ducts, don't you have more receptors that are able to pick up the food as well wow. as absorb? Yes, salivary glands. But also, have you read uh, Breath by James Nestor? No. Okay, this is a fascinating book, but okay. he talks about how breathing is so critical to so much. He's like, no matter what you're eating, what, how much you're exercising, what you're sleeping, if you're not breathing correctly, you're not going to heal. And a big piece of what he talks about is chewing. So as we evolved, we were chewing constantly, like just to get enough nutrients to survive. Mm. And so our mouth was never meant to be a vessel to really breathe through our, we would breathe through our nose and our mouth, we would be constantly chewing. 
And then with the invention of fire and soft foods, we stopped using our jaws. And so it, it was easier to digest. So we stopped chewing as much and our jaws literally shrank. And we wow. started, our noses started getting clogged up because we started breathing out of our mouth. Um, and he really relates. I mean, he looks at all these ancient skulls, how we had this big defined jawbone where because we were literally utilizing all of the muscles in our face and uh, yeah when with this invention like this started shrinking so we needed to like yeah to, i mean so many things shifted but well, now you look like allergies and sinuses i'm sure that's a that's huge it. cause our of teeth it issues, yeah our uh, so many issues are literally breathing through our mouth now um and yeah so because it's, it's so fascinating. I mean, and he talks about like reversing snoring and asthmatic conditions, even things like scoliosis through the breath. I mean, crazy healing. And one of his biggest things is we have to chew more. So he encourages like not a lot of the sugary gum, but like a certain type of gum that just literally works all of these jaw muscles and yeah. enables us to like strengthen our faces again. And That's I mean, so like crazy stories that come from that. So well, you need to send yeah. me that book as well. Yes. Uh, I'll, throw that on, I'll throw that on Amazon. But yeah, that's that's super crazy. And it makes a lot of sense too. Because yes. I, I'm, I'm realizing that as well uh, when I'm, I'm chewing slow and I'm realizing that I ha kind of have to breathe through my nose more. Mm. You know, and I, I, I've been doing a lot of ice plunging as well. So I'm yes. breathing through uh, my nose as well there. But getting getting your mind trained to not breathe through your mouth is very difficult. And I don't think we consciously are aware of it until mm -hmm. you start to chew slow and you start to do these exercises like ice plunging and you're realizing that breathing through your nose, it just feels better. It feels more natural. Yes. And there's so much that happens. I mean, it's so simple, but there's all of this filtration that happens when we're breathing through our nose. It's also regulating temperature of the breath. So in like areas that is further north in the planet where it's colder, you mostly see people having like longer noses versus people that live like in moist environments that are hot. They have like flatter, bigger noses, right? Because you don't need that much like filtration or that much time to basically regulate the air before it gets into your system yeah. um but yeah there's all this like cleansing that happens before it gets into your the air gets into your body versus your mouth we don't have any of that right so we're just like breathing straight in and it's a completely different um utilization of the oxygen of the air so yeah okay. nose like breathing Drinking mineral rich, rich water and taking an adaptogen i think is like the the three keys of today and People tell us what you think after you start those three things. Yes. And it's all about the baby steps. That's it's all it. About the baby steps. Breathing water and maybe a better for you version of coffee or something. Like yeah. those are baby steps. We can Th do that. Those are super simple and you could do it tomorrow. Yes. Today. That's what's great. Today. That's right. <laughs> Finish this podcast, goes in somewhere. You're gonna love it. But uh Danielle, listen, I've I've taken a lot of your time. It's always good to talk to you. Um, Me too. we should definitely do this more often. Uh, the pandemic will blame it on that. And, uh, of course my Wi-Fi issues, but aside from that, no more excuses. Uh, there's much yeah. more uh, that I want to learn from you, but I appreciate, uh, everything that you do and, uh, and your time today, if you can, for people that don't follow you, uh, if you could shout out your social media, what you do and any websites so they can come find you as well. Yeah, of course. Well, thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure to, to dive in. We never know where the conversation's going to go. <laughs> 
Um, but it's always in the intent to make people feel more vital and alive and healthy. So yes. amen to that. And um, you can find me at Danielle Ryan Broida on social or Danielle Ryan wellness.com or at four sigmatic on all social channels and four sigmatic.com. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, Danielle, thank you so much again. I really appreciate you. Stay safe in Cali. Thanks. And uh, we will talk soon. Great to chat. Take Thanks care. So. Thanks so much.